sure that, uh, well, that you didn't miss anything. You can have it. All righty. You ready there, Brother Jemiah? All righty. Awesome. So I'm really, you know, I'm really excited every time. And first of all, before I get, Lord, don't you know, my book done closed on me. All right. All righty, brother. Hey, so we're going to go ahead and get started here. Oh, no worries. I appreciate it. There is a newcomer. There's two different classes. And once this class gets done, the cool thing is, is everybody gets to go into that class. See, there's a graduation. There's a progression here at Skyline. What we like to do is have everyone go through what we call this Bible study, the search for truth. Just real basic ins and outs of the Bible, some basic things. And then, once you're done with that, which is just a matter of, you know, some, you know a handful of weeks, and then we ask everyone to go in there, and that's when it starts getting really interesting. You know, you're talking ministry discovery, how you can be used, you know, all these cool things. And by the time you graduate that class, you know, people send, you know, my pastor uh, filters everybody to me on how we're going to use everybody. And you guys might be helping me in this ministry like there's others that you don't see. Or you might be helping Brother Tom. You might be helping, you know, you might want to be a musician. These other things, there's places that we're trying to fill holes in. And so it's really, really, really exciting. It's right back there. Yeah, you're welcome. So hey, I'm really, really excited. I'm really excited every time when we get going. But uh, for all intents and purposes, this is the search for truth. And this is, <laughs> we're offset by one week because the first week I kind of decided to do things my way, which is always fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I know. And um, I did it. Well, hey, you, can't, you can never tell me that when I go up to see my maker that I didn't try my hardest, you know. But um, so this is really the second lesson, even though it's week three. But, hey, it's, it's a great lesson, so forgive me, don't kill me. I am notorious for not being on task and to kind of just letting God do his thing and things blowing up. It, it, it is very common for me to start teaching a lesson and then all of a sudden get the burden of the Lord and he might feel to change, switch it up a little bit. And then we start preaching and then that's when, you know, we start running around here like maniacs and have a good time. Someone say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. So I'm just, I, I, I repeat myself a lot on a couple things when I first start talking. And I do that for one good reason, because I want you to know that this place is a safe place. You know, some of you have been here a couple times already, so you know what I'm about to say. But for those of you who are new, listen, I know a lot of us come from different backgrounds. And I want you to know, hey, man, I'm down. I, I dig it. It's cool. You know, not everyone was raised the way I was raised. Not everyone was raised the way you were raised. I know that a lot of us come from, di from different backgrounds. But if you did come from a church background... And you know what it's like to respond to the inspired, preached, and taught Word of God. And you feel like saying amen. Or if you feel like standing up and clapping and raising your hand and raising your voice. And if you feel God tell you to run around the sanctuary ten times. Hey man, you have that liberty, liberty here to do it. No one's going to look weird at you. I, I, sure, I sure won't. You know, this is a safe place. We're not here to laugh at anybody. We're not here to make fun of anybody because I do all those things. As a matter of fact, I do them frequently. 
<laughs> so, so if anyone's looking like a fool, it's definitely this guy up here. And don't feel bad because you're not the one talking. I am. So you don't have to worry about everyone looking at you. Everyone's looking at me right now. <laughs> Amen. So this class is about the very beginning of the Bible. How did everything start? Last week, we just had a basic rough introduction of the Bible. Yeah, that's fine. No, no, you're okay, brother. I'll try to make it. No, it's all right. Don't feel bad about it one bit, man. I'll be looking for you again. All right. All right, man. Cool. All right. So last week, what we did is we had just a basic, rough introduction to the Bible. What made up the Bible? Uh, for those for those of us that were here last week, we understand that the Bible is a really cool book. But it's more than just a really cool book, and a lot of it has a lot of cool things in it. And to recap, it's made up of two testaments, or two big books, called the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in those two big books, we got a bunch of other little books <laughs> that make up the whole big book. Have I confused you yet? <laughs> but, that, but we talked about how awesome and how life-changing the Word of God is, and how refreshing it is and how powerful it can be when you just take time out of your day, whether it's 30 seconds, whether it's 30 minutes. No matter what you devote yourself to, we talked about how awesome it is when all you do is just open it up and you just start reading. Just the inspired Word of God. What's that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff like that in this class. So that's why I really want to see you come back again, and I want to see you come back again, and I want to see you come back again so that we can help you with that. There's a, going to be a progression here so that all of us really understand, because I totally admit, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Because when I first start, got into church, and, you know, and, and that saying is kind of a misnomer when I first got into church. Very few of us show up the first day through the church doors and go, okay, now I'm living for God. All right, from day one, you know. For me, it was a, pro, it was a progression. It took a long time. It took about a year. But when I first walked in through the doors of a church, and for the first time I opened up a Bible, I was like, man, there's a lot of thou's in there, hasts and thasts and thithers and fithers and feathers and whatnots. You know, how can anyone read this? <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest, right, sister? I mean, you know, when you haven't read the Bible for the first, you know, uh, ever, or if you haven't even really read it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it just takes time and time and time and just reading it and reading it and reading it. But like I said, where we're going to start tonight is we're going to start all the way back in the beginning. So someone say the beginning. The beginning. All right. It all started on a cold midsummer's night. No, I'm joking. It didn't. <laughs> no, so Brother Jeremiah, if you can just go ahead and get that first slide going, I appreciate it, Brother. Hey, let's give Brother Jeremiah a hand. That's my man. He's one of my best friends right there. He also happens to be the youth pastor here. He's a good guy. So in the beginning, that is when everything started, we have to understand a few concepts here. For us to really grasp and for us to really understand the gravity of what we're going to talk about here tonight, we have to get in our head that before any of this was around, there was literally nothing. The Bible doesn't give us any record whatsoever that there was any kind of existence. It basically says, in the beginning. <laughs> That's right. In the beginning. And I'll read the first portion. I'll read the very first verse out of the very first book in the Bible. And that is, anyone want to know? Genesis. Genesis. That's right. Genesis 1.1. It's actually a very familiar portion of Scripture. A lot of us, whether we've been in church or not, know it. Because, you know, everyone likes to say things every once in a while. We hear it in movies every so often. But it said, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So we get the understanding that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So I kind of made this point last week and I'll make it again because it's just such a cool point man you know and I can't take credit for thinking of it but I just I heard it once and I run with it you know what I mean. But, you know, a lot of these uh, scientists um, out there, they, they always try to debunk creation, the fact that we were created. And I'm not mad at science. We need science. You know, we have doctors. There's medicine. Science is a good thing. I'm not against science whatsoever. As a matter of fact, science has proved a lot in the Bible for us. So I'm on science's side. However, there are some people out in the scientific community that say, oh, well, creation could not have been possible. We were not just created, you know, out of so, you know, out of all these things that we're going to talk about. God just didn't form us out of the dust and breathe life into our nostrils. There was this big bang. There was some kind of a violent event that all these atoms all of a sudden split, came together, fused. I don't know the science of it. You know, you get what I'm saying. You know, that there was some big scientific event that took place. And here's my argument. I actually agree with them. I agree that when God was doing things up in heaven, when he was moving and shaking and creating things and light was coming out of his mouth, I am absolutely positive this was not some kind of subtle event. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure that when the God of heaven and earth and all the universe was, was talking and when he said, let there be light, and light proceeded from his mouth, and when he said, let you know, get all these things happen, all these things get created, I'm sure it wasn't just some gradual thing that happened over time. I'm sure, imagine all of a sudden God says, let there be trees, and then there's redwoods popping all over the place. It's like, where do you stand, you know? Like, where, I mean, lava and fire. I mean, it was a violent event. So if they say there was a big bang, I'm sure there was more than just one. I'm sure there was a few of them. I'm sure there was a big, 
what to do going on. So, amen. Me and science, I agree. <laughs> there, there's a big, <laughs> I don't disagree with them one bit on that, you know. created God? I don't know. I have no earthly idea. God created himself as far as I know. <laughs> you know, because when you think about it, sometimes I was thinking about this ironically the other day, and I was thinking, God, if I was to put myself in a, for lack of a better term, a non-spiritual man's shoes, and if I was to say that I didn't believe in what I believe in, which I do wholeheartedly, so don't say I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But if, I was to, but if I was to put myself in, in that kind of person's train of thought and position, I, I, I came across what I would perceive as a, as a decent question. Why are we here? Is existence that powerful to where it's impossible for something to not exist? Think about that for a second. I mean, other than that, that's the only reason how I could think it all, you know, thinking that way. But that's not what I know for a fact happened. And I say I know for a fact because I believe in God. I believe there's one God. His name is Jesus Christ. I believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism. I believe that in the beginning there was God. Period. Someone say period. period. <laughs> so we get this concept, and that's one of the hardest things that we have to understand as human beings because in today's day and age, man, we like to rationalize things. We like to know why things happen. Especially in this generation, my generation. I was born in the 80s. Thank God, I loved every second of it. You know, I loved, man, the teased hair, the tight leather pants. The sp I mean, oh, man. I, oh, spandex, man, I was all about it, man. <laughs> man, I know. No, remember, remember Miami Vice, Millie Vanilli? All those guys, you know. I wanted to be in Miami Vice, man. I wanted to be one of, those, uh, one of the detectives going around shooting people in the turquoise blazers, you know. I was all about it. Remember the A-team? Face was driving the Ferrari. Yeah, see? <laughs> Thundercats, ho! Yeah, that was me, man. I know all that stuff. Mr. T. But see, I grew up in that generation, and in that generation, you really started to see a lot of us and people in my, in my generation, man, we start to question a lot of things. You know, remember down with the man movement? You know, everyone says it kind of started in the 70s and the 60s, but it was really personified in the 80s. That was when the 80s really kind of took off and gave people more of a voice for what was already there in the 60s and 70s. So you could say Vietnam and world peace kind of paved the way, but the 80s really personified everything. So people my age or, or just a little bit older, you know, and, you know, within that 10-year span of 31, you know, Man, we, 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 just, we need to know why things happened the way they did. We rationalize a lot. People are definitely a lot smarter, I, in my opinion, believe it or not, than they were 20 years ago. I mean, for my, my little girl, she's only not even two years old. She knows the ins and outs of this thing. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I am not joking. She knows how to find movies on here. She knows how to find pictures. She knows how to know. She, does, she knows everything. She's not even two. I'm, I'm not joking. Well, 
I, I, I receive that. I think she's pretty smart. But I think a lot of it has to do with the society we're in right now. See, you guys didn't have, a lot of us, a lot of the, you, you guys that I see standing here, you guys don't even know what a smartphone was to, even 10 years ago. When you guys were kids, it was about GI Joes and GoBots and all that stuff. You know, we didn't have, they didn't have any of the cool stuff like they do now, like iPads and all these things. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just because of the generation we live in. I don't, you know. And so I just think naturally just human nature is just, in, in a word, forgive me, evolving because of just, you know, we're getting smarter. We're figuring a couple things out. So I understand that it's hard for us to really grasp that concept that just in the beginning was God. It's hard. One of the things you're going to find out that's a current theme in living for God and really trying to get a relationship with God is we do things not by, you know, not by sight, but by faith. We've got to have faith that this is what it is because without faith it is impossible to please God. That's what Scripture says. We find it in Hebrews chapter 11. We need to have faith. So you're going to get challenged as we go on and as we start describing a lot of these things. You know, your faith and what you think you know is right and wrong is really going to kind of get shaken a little bit, but in a good way, you know. But we're going to start going on and we're going to start doing all these things. So in the beginning was God. God was the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, his, what he did and what he facilitated when he started doing everything was is he created everything from oxygen to dirt you know, to the animals, to the fowl of the sea. He created man. He created every, you know, he created everything. So one of God's, you know, positions, for lack of a better way of describing it, is creator. I mean, he started it all. It, there's none of this accidental amoeba leapfrog thing in a pool somewhere growing up and hopping on the sand and we all turned into human beings. I mean, if God did anything, God did everything on purpose and there was a plan. You know, I know I described a very chaotic scene earlier about what it would be like when God was, was doing all this big mess. But he does everything on purpose. You know, there's no accidents with God. You know, there's no accidents while you're here listening to this tonight. Amen? Does that kind of make sense? I mean, we live, whether we believe it or not, in a very on time, you know, we live in a very on purpose world. You know, our God is on purpose. So that's one of the things that we have to understand. The other thing that we all have a hard time really understanding, the fact is, is that God is eternal. How, how long is forever? <laughs> I mean, can you really think, can you grasp how long forever is? I mean, think about that for a second. I don't even think you could classify it as a long time. I mean, that's just existing. That's deep, man. You know, if you really want to get into it, I mean, that's just existing. What we are going to do is we're going to take all the questions towards the end. That way, that way we can kind of get through it, and then all of us will have a chance to ask a question later on. But God is eternal. We have to understand that God, before there was anything, he was always there. God is, you know, creation is God's first record, record, recorded act, but that did not mark his beginning. He existed long before that. God is eternal. He endures. He is not here today and gone tomorrow. God has neither beginning nor end. Actually, we have scripture that says in Revelation, it says, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which was to come, the Almighty. God was top dog. <laughs> there is none that stand beside Jesus. God is numero uno, and that scripture is found in Revelation eight verse, Revelation 1, verse 8. 
You know, God has always existed. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, you know, here's another one. Think about this. This is in the book of Psalms. Before the mountains were ever brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalms 90 and verse 2. I mean, we're starting to get a picture here of, you know, this guy is big. I mean, imagine as big and as vast as the universe is that we know of. God's bigger than that. You can minimalize it and say, well, we don't know how big the universe really is. Well, as big as the universe is, that's at least how big God is. I mean, we're talking about a big God here. I mean, so don't think that when you, man, I'm really getting sidetracked. I feel like, well, I, I feel like I need to preach, but I'm going to tone down for a second here. <laughs> but I really, but you have to get that concept that this God, I mean, this, this deity, the you know, Jesus Christ Almighty, the Almighty, I mean, he's just not some little speck on your shoulder. This guy's big. <laughs> this guy's huge. I mean, he's gigantor, you know? I mean, when you're playing with your little dolls and, and your little G.I. Joes when you were playing, he was the biggest toy that you brought to destroy the whole army. You know what I mean? He See what I'm saying? I mean, he was numero uno. I mean, he, he was like, you know, and all the girls, if they were playing Destroy Barbie, you know, he was Ken, the Ken doll, the big Ken doll, you know, just kind of <laughs> destroying everything. <laughs> you know? But God, but, you know, but God is big. Amen. There's no end to this guy. You know, there is no beginning. There is no end. He is. I mean, really get a hold of that for a second, man. If you're going through something in life, you got a God that's as big as the universe going on right now. I mean, someone say amen. amen. I mean, we're talking about a big, powerful, on top of stuff kind of God. <laughs> right? Man, we might as well just start preaching up in here, man, right? <laughs> but we are talking about a very big God. And not only is he just a big God, and not only is he eternal, man, he is alive. Amen. He is Alive. I say this a lot in this class because it always pops up and it fits again. But you're not going to find a tombstone where my God is. They already tried that thousands of years ago. They put him in a tomb, locked him away, walked away and thought that he was done for good. You ever heard of a t holiday called Easter? Yeah, it didn't work. Okay. <laughs> All right. My, my God conquered hell, death, and the grave. When he got crucified up on that cross, which was a gruesome event, when he died, he went down to heaven, kicked down the devil's door, took back everybody, went up to heaven in a cloud of glory and said, Lord, I made it. I'm telling you, our God is a very powerful God. He's alive. If you want, if, listen, if you're a Buddhist, you know where Buddha's tombstone is. Everyone goes to it every year. If you were a Mormon, everyone knows where Joseph Smith's tombstone is. I mean, we're talking about guys that are dead and buried in the ground. If you worship Allah or the great Elijah Muhammad, they're all dead too. They're all, they all have plots, you know, in the earth. But there's only one God that I know of that's up in heaven right now looking over every single one of us who's alive. He sees what we got going on, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't beat that. So let's rehash a little bit. God is the creator. God is eternal. God is big. And he's alive. Amen. Man, we got a good thing going, don't we? Man, let's have a shout out, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have a God that is an awesome God. You're not praying and you're not going to pray to some God that doesn't hear your prayers. 
You're not praying to some idol, some golden statue somewhere with incense burning, you know, saying, oh man, <laughs> I really hope that this works because this is my last bit of sprinkle. Honey, get some more. You know what I mean? Uh, you're talking to a God that will talk back to you. Amen? Like a father. Amen? You know, a lot of us, we're sons and we're daughters in Christ, and so we need to approach our daddy exactly just like that. I mean, think about it. I mean, we have scripture over scripture over scripture that says, listen, if a son asks for a father for a loaf of bread, shall he give him a rock? No, then how much more shall your heavenly Father give you if you ask of him? Man, I'm telling you, we have a great God. Amen. Amen. This is a great God. He is magnificent. He is powerful. He is the biggest, baddest dude in the block. I tell you what, man. I've never, I've never met one guy that's ever whooped God in a fight. Yeah. You know, he's always the one going, man, you should see the other guy. And because God is all these things, and because God is so great, because God is eternal, He is everywhere. Amen. He is omnipresent. Now, a lot of us might not understand what that word is. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard it. But omnipresent means He is everywhere. I'm going to tell you and describe you how powerful that really is. So you really, Richard, get a grasp on how big of a deal it is that God could be everywhere at all times. We have an adversary, and his name is the devil. Someone say the devil. Okay, he hates you. He, roam, you know, he roams the earth like a lion, you know, seeking whom he may devour. I mean, he's an evil, deceitful, bad man, okay? He had a shot up in heaven, but he got kicked out. Not real smart, if you ask me. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, you're living with your mom and you do something stupid, even though you know your mom's house is the only safe place to go. Yeah, that's what he did. Anyways, moving on, you know, and, but nowhere in the Bible does it say that the devil has dominion over me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that the devil has dominion everywhere. He is not omnipresent. He doesn't have power at all. So when I read the, my Bible and it gives me scripture that says my God is omnipresent. My God can be anywhere and everywhere and he can be anything to anybody at any given time. And then I remind myself, oh wow, the devil, man, you're in Tallahassee right now. I'm over here at peace. Good luck trying to find me. I've got to tell you and I've got to be honest, I feel pretty good about that. Amen. I mean, think about that for a second. My God, our God is everywhere all the time. That's what makes it possible for him to hear your prayer. That's what makes it possible for him to hear yours and yours and yours. Our, man, he's big. I mean, he's big and he's everywhere. It, you know what? It's like in the Old Testament, we, uh, before Jesus did die on the cross for our sins, and we're going to get more in depth on that later on in these lessons in the next coming weeks, we lived in the Old Testament, and we lived in what they called the law. And before and before all we had to do, right now what we get the option to do is we get the option to repent for our sin, to get baptized in Jesus' name or receive the you know, gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. Amen. But back then we didn't have that cool luxury. You don't want to know what we had to do to get our sins forgiven. We had to go out in the wilderness, find an animal that was perfect without blemish, haul him back to the, you know, haul him back to the tabernacle and then give it to the high priest for him to slay on the altar of, burnt, of sacrifice. Talk about a deal. And that was a constant thing that happened all the time. I mean, that happened all the time. You know what I mean? But think about this now. I mean, just everything that we got going on, our God, we don't have to do that stuff anymore. Think about that for a second. I mean, he's everywhere. Amen. 
He's big. I mean, this God we serve, he's, he's huge. I mean, you can't even describe what he is. He's awesome in every way. He's omniscient. Oh, man, we're, getting, we're really getting into it now. He's all-knowing. All-knowing. All-powerful. He knows what you are going through. Trust me. Trust me. He knows everything that you got going on in your life right now. So you feel bad that you haven't prayed to him lately or that you've prayed to him ever. Trust me, he knows what you're going through. He knows everything. That's what makes it so cool and so rad. See, the 80s came out of me right there. I said rad. <laughs> you know, he is such a cool God that because he knows everything, when you talk to him, it's not like he heard it for the first time and he's surprised. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Hey, Dad, man, I really messed up. Hey, son, you know what? It's all right, man. Hey, stand back up and fight another day, brother. See, the devil is the one that tears you down. The devil is the one that's like, oh, you can't preach on Sunday. You know why? Because you done did this and, and you done did this and you're a horrible man. You're a wretched thing. You're, you're evil, you know, and all these other things. The devil is the one that, that tears you down. The devil is the one that rips you apart. The devil is the one that holds you down and tries to keep you down. You know what God does? He lifts you up. That's exactly what he does. You know what, my friend? If you were to come to God and you were to say, man, listen, and talk to him like this because this is how I talk to him, man. You know, Dad, man, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> God... I can't hide nothing from you. You know what I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pop, can you forgive me? And you know what happens every time? He pats me on the butt. He goes, sin no more. Man. Oh, you're not going to hit me? <laughs> you're not going to tear me down and tell me how horrible of a kid I am? What a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it causes... That's love, unconditional love. And because he's omnipresent, and because, and because he's omniscient, because he knows everything and can be everywhere, he knows everything that goes on in our lives. So when we go to him and we are asking for his help, brothers and sisters, believe me when I tell you this, he will answer you like, man, it's quick. And it happens really, really fast. We have to understand another thing too. Listen, listen, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. You know what? We live in a very tangible world. We live in a world where I can touch your arm. I can shake your hand. We can smell smells. We can taste things. You know, we live in a very tangible world. But we have to, be under, we have to understand that God is a spirit. I mean, the Bible clearly states that God is a spirit. Right here, actually, in John chapter 4, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, and man, if that doesn't get you going once you get this revelation of who God really is, I don't know what will. <laughs> man, I mean, think about how enlightening that really, really is. To worship him in spirit and in truth. I mean, you want to talk about being enlightened. You want to talk about having a good time? Woo, you should come down here on a Sunday. We worship in spirit and in truth, man. I mean, there's people running aisles. There's people talking in tongues. There's healings and miracles happening all over the place. And that's just the stuff I remember right now. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all kinds of cool things that happen. 
But we have to first understand that God is a spirit. We have to understand who our Father is. But what is a spirit? Some of you asked. Someone asked me what a spirit is. I'm glad you asked. Well, it's almost like asking what the wind is, right? <laughs> we know the wind falls and sails and drives our boats, but we can't really see it, right? We feel it in our face. You know, it's what causes us to put a jacket on sometimes when we feel the brisk cold air on our shoulders. You know, the story of a boy whose kite had soared out of sight explains a lot. And when, when asked how he knew the kite was still aloft, he answered, because I can feel it ugging at the strings pulling at me. I can feel it. And like the wind, God's spirit is invisible and non-material, but yet it is actually really, really, really powerful. And our Bible emphatically, time and time again, makes the case and states that God cannot be seen with human eyes, just as human spirit cannot be seen or touched. See, every single one of us have a spirit. And I can't see it and I can't touch it. And that's the realm that God operates in. There's a lot of deep things here. God is a spirit, and that's where he operates. You know, one of the best descriptions I've ever heard uh, when I was young and when I was coming up and when I started coming to church, and I, and I had some of the same questions. I was like, man, well, you know, I, I hear all this stuff in, you know, spirit. What is that, poltergeist? You know, I mean, you know, they're here, you know. You know, that, honestly, I, was, I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? A spirit. I always thought of a spirit as a bad thing. You know, watching movies, you know, ghosts and goblins, you know, and all these other things. But, you know, there is a, that's not what we're talking about. You know, God is a spirit, and we can't see him, just like you have a soul, and I can't see it. You know, there's a different realm here. There's a different level of operating that God works on, you know, and that's what all of us are hopefully, getting back to my point, I totally went on a tangent there. Back to my point. One of the best ways I've ever heard this described to us is it's, it's what you feel when you're tugging or when you feel like you're getting tugged in a certain direction mm -hmm. when you feel someone nudging you pushing you just like that little story with the boy in the kite he you know his dad asked him how do you know that the kite is still on the string and he goes I can still feel I can tug I feel it tugging at me <laughs> that's how God and that's how God operates with us you know a lot of people minimalize God a lot and say oh that was my conscience <laughs> you know what don't give yourself that much credit <laughs> you know, whether, you, whether you believe this full truth or not, God loves every single one of us, and he still goes out of his way to help every single one of us. You know, we have scripture that does tell us, listen, if a man doesn't want, if, if anybody who has presented the gospel doesn't accept it as ministers, we are told to, in the Bible, to turn away, dust off our feet, and walk in a different direction. But it doesn't say that God will never still keep trying to just kind of, hey, Hey, brother, you know, I just sent Peter and Paul to talk to you. I don't know how much more I got to get clear, but hey, hey, I'm here, man. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. You know, it's one of those things we're always taught when we're young ministers. A pastor will come to us as we aspire. And one of the things they always tell us is they say, you know, don't, don't be careful that you don't win the battle and lose the war. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, because when we get this truth and it gets so ingrained in us, and anybody really, whether you're a minister or not, it just, you get so on, on fire for God that you want to tell everybody how right you are. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that usually doesn't work out for the best. <laughs> you know, but God is a spirit, getting back to what we were really talking about.
And this is one of the most important things that we are going to talk about in this lesson. And I can't hit it home any harder, and I can't hit it home any firmer than this one specific point. Because, folks, if you can understand this one point right now, and you really get it and graft it in your hearts, it'll make everything else easier in your walk with God because you will not be disillusioned, you will not be lied to, you won't tolerate it. Folks, there's only one God. Amen. 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 <laughs> there's only one God. One Lord. There's only one faith. And there's only one baptism. There's only one God. Period. We have a lot of scripture for that. You know, and it's funny, a lot of people twist one scripture and manipulate it, and they think that that makes a whole doctrine. Well, no, that's not the case. You know, you got to believe the whole Bible if you're going to believe the Bible at all. You don't believe, you know, man, and it makes me so cotton-picking mad because I know that there's people out there that don't even read the book of Acts for some reason, or they don't even read the book of Genesis because they line themselves up with those scientists. Oh, well, we believe everything else after that. <laughs> you know? It's like you got to believe the whole thing or nothing. Someone say amen. amen. All right, we've got some apostolics in the house. <laughs> but there's only one God. Folks, listen, Deuteronomy 6.4 says it more clear than any scripture in the world. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 6.4, Deuteronomy 6.4. Man, folks, if there's anything that you learn from this one lesson tonight, there's only one God. I know a lot of us come from different backgrounds, and I understand that, I respect that, and I'm not saying that any other faith or any other denomination is evil or bad. You know what? God loves every single one of us, and we're all in the same fight together. Some of us are going different avenues. Some of us are going to go, but needless to say, when it does come down to it, there is right and there is wrong, and there's only one God. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that there's a trinity. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. I'm going to go back to the one scripture that I talk about that everybody seems to distort and everybody seems to just totally rip apart, and that's Matthew 28, 19. That's known as the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission that Jesus had for his disciples and basically everyone else after that that followed him for us to go into the world and make a difference. And the scripture goes something like this. Go ye therefore into all nations, teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Powerful scripture. However, people got that scripture and twisted it and think that there's three people. No, you got to go back to school and learn proper English. He said, in the name of the Father. And what's the name of the Father? It's Jesus. Jesus said, if you have, you know, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am the way, the truth. I, man, that's, man, let's preach, man. Let's get after it, amen? I tell you what, man, we got some, ooh, I feel it. Acts 4.12 says, there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one name. So the name of the Father is? Oh, say it loud, say it proud. Amen. The name, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son is? Is, is Jesus. Jesus. So someone say Jesus. Jesus. And there's only one Spirit, right? There's only one Holy Ghost, and the name of the, and the, name of the Spirit is? Jesus. Okay, so we understand that what he was saying was, is go ye therefore into all nations, baptize them in my name. My name. My name. Not Junior, Frank, and John. <laughs> okay? Yeah, let's not mess with that. 
In the name of the Father, Jesus. In the name of the Son, Jesus. In the name of the Spirit, that's Jesus. How hard can this be? I don't know. <laughs> he said, that's exactly it. He didn't say repeat in these things. He just said to go out and do it. So folks, there's only one God. So how many gods are there? That's right, there's only one God. You've got to get this engrafted into your soul. This is the Word of God saying it. This is God's Word saying it. It's not me. It's not the gospel according to Ricardo Orlando Aguilar Jr. It's the Word of God. Okay? This is what Scripture says. Someone say amen. Amen. All right, moving on to the next slide. <laughs> you know, I already kind of alluded to it already. Oh, what time is it? No, it's not. No, we got 10 more minutes and then we're bouncing. Oh, no, you're fine. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. One of the best ways that we can describe our God is he is our father. Yeah, we got a screen. up, Man, we got dual flat screens up in this place. You know. <laughs> Even bullies doesn't have this kind of cool action going on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I only I only said that because my butt, you know, he works for bullies, so it's cool. You know, but um, the one of the best things that we can look at, and the way that we need to look at it, because it's true, it's right, and it's proper, is we need to look at Jesus, the one God who's up in heaven that did everything that we've already talked about as our Father. We have to look at him as our Father. Because he created us. He calls us time and time again in scripture. And we're going to mention these scriptures in the next few weeks. He mentions us as his children. We are the children of God. The children of light. He calls us that. He, own, you know, he takes ownership over us. And I'll tell you why that's a very powerful thing to think about. You know, in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, when it's talking about all these thunderings and, and all these cool things going on and, and light, sh you know, shooting from the mouth of God and, and the Big Bang. Everyone remember, remember the Big Bang I talked about? Mm -hmm. And someone say amen. Amen. He took time. Man, he stopped what he was doing. I mean, he dropped everything. I would really let this sink in. He dropped everything. He stopped creation right there. And he took his own hands, he knelt on the ground, and he formed man out of dust. And he didn't just stop there. He formed man out of the earth, you know, dirt, dust, mud, and all that stuff. And then to put life into us, he, you know, he breathed his own life into us. And then that's how we became. I mean, you are valuable. You are very, very, very important to God. You are not rags. You are not insignificant. You are not unimportant. You are a child of a king. Do you realize that? You have to really get that in your mind. A lot of us far too long have been beating ourselves up and been doing a good, a good enough job at it to where the devil just kind of leaves us alone. He says, you guys are beating yourself up good enough. You don't need me. We have to get that thought process in our mind because that's who we are. Folks, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen? Amen. 
Listen, I got my ticket on to glory, and I plan on being there sooner than later. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, this is not what we were meant to be. This is only this is only a stop of ground on the train station. Folks, we have a better home, and we have a place waiting for us, and that's up in heaven. If everyone else wants to go there, someone say amen. Amen. So understand that point that when God took time out of creation, stopped what he was doing, formed us out of the mud, and took breath into us, man, that's got to be something valuable. He didn't do, he didn't, you know, nowhere else in, this, in creation, in the book of Genesis, did it give an actual account of what he did step by step. It just said, all of a sudden, all these things just started taking place. All these things just started popping up. But it gives us an account of what he actually did when it came to man. We are important to him. We are his children. We matter. He took time out of his day, <laughs> to, for lack of a better term, to create every single one of us, to breathe life into every single one of us. We are important. We are his children. You want to know how important you are? First Peter says... We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Man, we're bad. I'll tell you what, man. That's it. We're called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. First Peter 2.9. Remember that one. That's a good scripture. Man, we're bad. You know, when you start realizing who you are with Jesus and you realize who your daddy is, you know, it's always cool when you always had the big dad on the block because you didn't hide from anybody. You kind of walked a little tall, you know. You kind of walked like you were a G a little bit, you know. You knew that if anything bad went down, daddy had your back, you know. We can do the same thing right now, man. I'm telling you right now. A lot of you have been kind of like, oh, man, I hope, that, I hope Tyrone don't come get me, you know. But we can stand tall and we can say, listen, I know who my daddy is. Amen. I know who my father is. I don't have to hide from anybody. I don't need to worry about what the devil says, what Aunt Sue says, what Johnny Cochran says. Is he still around? Amen. <laughs> I don't have to worry about what anyone says. I can stand tall, be proud because I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, you guys are significant. So we need to look at him as a father because that's who he is. When you pray to him, Dad, I need you right now. Don't say, don't say, oh, Lord. I mean, he is Lord. He is God. But he desires to have a relationship with us. A relationship. A lot of us haven't had relationships with our dads. I'm one of them, unfortunately. You know? But if there's one thing I do, God, it's a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Amen. And when I pray to Him, <laughs> i got brothers in this room that can, <laughs> that can vouch for me. I don't talk to them like you think a minister should talk to them. Oh, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that every single one, oh, Lord, oh, have mercy, Jesus, Lord. <laughs> no, man, that's my dad. I want my dad to know how I feel. I yell, I kick, I scream, I buck, I go, Lord, Dad, I can't handle it anymore. I just spit. Praise God. You know? <laughs> You know, Lord, I need you, Dad. Father, I need you. You know, we got to get desperate sometimes. You know, <laughs> I told you it gets crazy up in here. <laughs> That's right. You know, but he's our father. You guys get that? You understand who you are? You understand how important you are? Say amen. amen. All right. You know, a couple more minutes, we're wrapping this puppy up. You know, that's the thing about this Bible study is that there's so much good stuff in it. The times I have taught, I've never been able to finish one lesson in one sitting. 
it's like these things drag on and drag on and drag on. So we're going to have to finish the second half of this one next week. So forgive me. We'll try and catch up. You know, but God created the angels. You know, he created the angels to worship him and to serve him. I mean, you know, that's another thing. When, when we petition to God, it's not only, you know, Jesus that has our back. We have all the army of heaven. Amen. That's a bad thing, man. Armies of darkness cannot prevail against the children of God. I don't care who you are. There's no way that they will ever, ever, ever prevail against us. As a matter of fact, Scripture says the kingdom of heaven suffer violence, but the violence taken by force. It's talking about us. We are not, oh, we are not defensive-minded people being a Christian. You know, a lot of people say, listen, you know what? Oh, that's for those weak people. Oh, that, Jesus is a crutch. No, he ain't. Man, when I get God and God's on my side and I'm living with the way God wants me to live, I got the biggest bat in the park, man. Amen. Don't, don't tick me off because you don't want me swinging it. I got, the biggest, I got the biggest, baddest guy in the parking lot. I got the biggest, baddest daddy in the neighborhood. I got the biggest, baddest bat in the whole baseball team. I'm the biggest, baddest guy on the football team. Don't mess with me when I get God on my side. I'm telling you. We not only have God, but we got all the army of heaven behind us. So if you feel defeated in your spirit, please don't, because you've got things going for you. You don't even know it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we got some good things going on. Don't you love this Bible study? Yeah. Amen. I love making a fool out of myself. <laughs> right. Hold on. Let me see where I'm at. You know, we're going to stop right there. I'll make a point right there. Let's all stand real quick. You know, I, I really want to see, I've already seen uh, a couple of you guys come back for the second week. Let's all come back. Literally, really, plan on this. Make sure of it. Bro, I, would, I want to see you next week. I want to see you next week. I want to see all of you next week, okay? Keep coming. Keep coming. You guys are learning some awesome and some very valuable and some very powerful things. I mean, I can't, I can't explain it or express it any better than that. And besides, I love getting to hang out with you. I love getting to hang out with every single one of you. You guys are awesome. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, you guys are just top-notch people in my book. Honestly, don't worry about what anyone else says. Don't worry about what the world thinks of you. Just worry about what God thinks of you. And we already know what God thinks about us. Amen. I mean, if God created us with his own hands and breathed life into us, I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're in pretty good company. I think we should start standing a little taller. You know what I mean? You know, we need to start standing a little straighter and stop taking so much of this garbage that the world's trying to throw our way. Listen, I am a child of God. I'm not going to apologize for it. Don't ever ask me to change because no one knows like I know what he's done for me. Amen. <laughs> Let's all close. Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for everything. I thank you, Lord, for everything that is here tonight, Dad. I pray that you just keep your hand upon every single one of them and just keep just everything that they do, Lord. I pray that you bless it and that just we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.